You've heard the story. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You've heard the story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And you've heard the story about the wise men who went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose ahead of them till it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you've heard the story. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. We know the story But to understand the miracle of Christmas and the power of this birth, we need to know the rest of the story. And you can't begin to understand the story and the power if you don't understand the one who's writing it. God wrote this story, and it's a love story, and he wrote it for you. Your heavenly Father loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. He always has, and he always will. We've been talking about this for several Sundays. And the Apostle Paul reminds us of this in his letters to Timothy and Ephesus when he writes, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us and the one he loves. He loves you so much. He wants to make you his child. And he's given you this gift of Jesus Christ in order to make that possible. Paul continues, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. And God wants all people to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. He sent his son as a sacrifice so that we could be in a relationship with him. And in 1 John 4.10, we find this out. It says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love, it says. A love so strong, so pure, and so powerful that his gift of his son to you actually defines the word love. This is love. This gift is love. And God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And it continues, for God did not send his son in the world to condemn it, but to save the world. What a wonderful Christmas gift that was. And Jesus knew this, and with all the power and authority he had, he still made the story of his life a part of his father's story. In John 6, 38, we find Jesus' own words. He says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. God wrote this story, and Jesus is such a part of it. And if you know what the gift is, you need to know who the gift is. Do you know Jesus? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He says no one can come to the Father except through him. That's not an exclusive statement. That's an inclusive, because all can come. He came for all people to be this gift to every single person. As the the nativity story said, he came to bring joy 
to all people. What a wonderful gift that is. And even upon his leaving, Jesus reminded his his disciples, he said, I'm leaving now, but I'm going to my father's house, right? I'm going to heaven where there's many rooms because I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus' story was not done with the birth or with his teaching or his death or even resurrection because the resurrection of Christ is the centerpiece of the gospel. It is the good news. It's the the pinnacle, the turning point, the peak, the climax of the story because without it, Christ's death and burial would be rendered ineffective and incomplete. But more importantly, without it, the miracle of Christmas would simply be the birth of a great man. But because of the miracle of, of Easter, the story of Christmas becomes complete, but it's not being done written. Do you understand what it means that he was delivered over to death for your sins and was raised to life for your justification? We all fall short. And sometimes we just want to do over. And God said, I give you this gift. I give you this opportunity to have your sins paid in full. Just say thank you. What's Jesus doing now if the story is not done being written? He's your advocate with the Father. The scripture says he sits at the right hand. He is your advocate. And no one knows your heart like Jesus, like God does. Even we sometimes live in the denial of of the people we are and the things we've done. But Jesus, God looks right into our heart. And he says, I know you, I love you. All you've got to do is say, I'm sorry. All you've got to do is say, you love me. All you've got to do is say, I want to spend an eternity with you. And he says, great. God promises that the story that he wrote with the birth of Christ and the resurrection is not done. In fact, Philippians says, being confident this, that he who began a good work and you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He began a good work within you. He began this good work before you were born. He knew who you were and what you would become. And he knew what he wanted you to be. And every day along this road, as we go through life with the good parts and the bad parts and the lessons we're learning and the lessons we wish we'd learn sooner or a little better, all that serves him in making us the person that he wants us to be, developing our faith, encouraging us on this path to salvation that he made possible because our citizenship is in heaven, right? We're here on earth. We're enjoying earth. We are blessed to be here on earth. But the rest of the story doesn't take place here. It takes place there. See, God is not done with you yet. And Jesus is still very much at work in your life for you and through you. In fact, Christ left the, 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 the work, the, the parts and pieces here for us to, to continue his ministry. In Ephesians, it says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. Do you realize the things that you do to help others are works of service? They serve God. And in Scripture, says all that you do, do it for his glory as if working for him. Everything you do, if it's specifically for the church or the ministry, then that may seem really obvious. But do you know the kindness you show a person, that smile, as an act of service, honoring God? 
And each of us is called to do our part. And that's what's amazing is this next part of the story is that we have each have a part of it. And this morning, as we looked at the nativity from various characters, we looked at it from Mary and, of course, the, the prominent role she had and Joseph and then the role he had and the angels and the, and the wise men, and the magi and then the shepherds and, and all those, even King Herod, whose, whose intent was jealousy and evil, ended up murdering all children, on, boys, male children under the age of two because he was so covetous of the Savior being born in his area. Everybody has a part in the story. Will you accept this gift so that your story is written into his story too? And I don't mean just history. You know, you don't have to be famous. You don't have to be well-known to be a part of the story of God's working in your life. When you accept this gift, you're accepting the love, the hope, the peace, the confidence. Most importantly, the relationship these are intended for you. Now, as this year comes to an end, we're going to take a look at what a dumpster fire of a year this year has been, right? Has 2020 been just, right? We're going to have some fun with it. And there's some lessons to be learned from it. And we're going to, we're going to be talking about that next week. And then we're going to dive really hard into the life of Christ because Christ has come. And this period between Christmas and Easter, I'd like to really take that and focus on who Jesus is and the Savior. And we're going to talk about him. But this morning, I just want to set the perspective of what the gift is and that Jesus is still very much alive, still very much working, and still working through every single one of us. So I encourage us to recall, to remember, and to really appreciate that the story is still being written and we are very much a part of it. And reflect on last week's message about Christmas being so relationally rich that even though the experiences of the holidays we may not be able to enjoy, at least not the way we had, we had hoped or planned or done in the past, but to really focus on, on what it means to have that relationship with him, the one he desires to have with us. So my prayer for you, my friends, is to celebrate this holiday season, to accept the gift of Jesus and to share it with those around you. Let's pray. Father God, we can all remember some of our favorite memories of Christmas's past some of the best and most favorite gifts we've ever received, the ones that are just fun, the ones that we really enjoy, the ones that have so much meaning. But Lord, above all of these is this one gift given to mankind over 2,000 years ago, this one that brings joy for an eternity, this one that we will never tire of, this one that was given with so much love, so much personal gift and attention that you know us by name and you call us out by name and you save us by name. Lord, we thank you for that gift, that, that humble gift of your son given in the form of a, a baby, a young child, helpless, relying on the mother and the father who are your servants, who worship you. Lord, may we learn the lessons from Christmas, not only in the appreciation of the gift, but what it means to us and what it can do to shape our lives into something more meaningful for you. God, this Friday as we celebrate Christmas with family, friends, or whatever that may look like, let us remember the true reason for the season and share with our families the joy we have and carry this joy forward in all we do. Amen.